0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Good morning. It is Wednesday, November 20th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. My name is Trey Scott, and this is the story I'm interested in this week. So I'm going to guess that 95% Of our listening audience knows that current Ohio State Buckeye quarterback Justin Fields spent his freshman season at Georgia. But here's another one. And don't lie here. How many of you knew that Fields was once committed to play college football at Penn State, who, of course, the Buckeyes play this weekend? That's the trip down memory lane I'm tackling today with the help of a few of 24 7 sports' experts. Fields committed to the Nittany Lions in December of 2016, part of what was then the number one class in the 2018 cycle, and it made sense. The Lions were in the midst of a special season that saw them win the Big Ten and play USC in that thrilling Rose Bowl. Sophomore running back Saquon Barkley had become a household name. First-year starting quarterback Trace McSorley had quickly made fans forget about Christian Hackenberg. Fields' commitment lasted until June. He spent the summertime as the most coveted recruit in the country, committed to Georgia in the fall, signed with Georgia in December. He transferred from Georgia after the 2018 college football season, his freshman season, because he could not usurp Jake Fromm. He hardly considered any destination other than Ohio State. In fact, when he transferred from Georgia, the dots were immediately connected. But you know what? Let's start from the beginning which is the discovery of fields as a recruit. If you look at 24 seven sports archive of Justin Fields headlines, you'd find a lot of interesting things in there, such as Virginia tech offers three star QB fields. He was a late bloomer and, and juxtapose that with the prepubescent notoriety of 2018 classmate, Trevor Lawrence, 20 miles down the road in Georgia. And we've got a hell of a story. So here's 24-7 Sports' Rusty Manziel, a Georgia resident who covered fields as early as anybody. So, Rusty, you're sort of Mr. Georgia in the 24-7 Sports company. And you, um, to watch... Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields um, play quarterback in the same state, in the same class. And Trevor Lawrence is a guy who, I mean, we had him number one in the top 247 or in the player rankings whenever that came out, I think 2015. And he was a guy who wire to wire was number one. Justin Fields was a little bit of a later bloomer. So I, I guess I am would like for you to tell me when you first heard about uh, this kid at Harrison High School who could really sling it.
2: Obviously, you mentioned Trevor, and and the buzz about Trevor was from 8th grade on. So he starts as a ninth grader, 10th grader. So he has two years of basically – he won the state championship as a sophomore. He was full exposure at that point. Everybody in the country knew about this tall, long-haired, big-armed kid from Cartersville, Georgia. What everybody didn't know is there was also a specimen about 40 minutes south of Trevor – at Harrison High School, on that, you know, Justin played freshman as a freshman, didn't play varsity. 10th grade year, they kind of insert him into the lineup and he gets hurt. So I think he played three games that year as a starter. They go five and five. So the year that he goes five and five, Trevor goes 15 and 0 and beats Buford in the Georgia Dome. So you can see at what end of the spectrum they're on. As the f- summer of 2016 rolls around, I start hearing a little bit about, about Justin, and uh, to be honest, I had, I had not seen him at that point. I did see him at a camp in July, and the first thing you see is like he's a bigger kid, spends it well, uh, but kind of still didn't kind of you know knock my socks off, to, just to be honest, the first time. So you fast forward about another month in late August of 2016, he winds up playing Rome, who, who that year would win the state championship, who that year had seven Division I signees eventually, uh, Adam Anderson, all that crew. And he beat them that night. So, you know, I start talking to people, and Rome, the Rome coaches called me. They're like, I don't know if you know this kid, but but he was unbelievable. I mean, he was unbelievable. It was a it was a lightning shortened game. They only played like three quarters. So he made made several big plays. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm not sure that he beat Rome. I'm not sure they beat Rome. I think it was a very close game, but they couldn't stop him. And I knew for them to call me and tell me that. So you fast forward, talk to Barton, uh, you know, some some offers start rolling in. We start talking to our national guys. And basically I said, okay, I'll go see see the kid play. So on October 21st of 2016, I go to Dalton to see him play. I go on the field. You know, you see him in pads, and then you see him spin the ball a couple times. You're like, well, wait a minute. Uh, oh, no. You know, I'm like, we're behind here. This this kid is – I mean, it's a wow moment. You know, I'll never forget seeing him throw the first couple of balls. I was like, this kid's got a live arm. Second play of the game, he runs a quarterback keeper for about 85 yards for a touchdown, and I knew right then, hey, <laughs> everybody's going to know this kid, everybody. You know, I didn't know at that point what level he was at because I'll be honest with you, that night he threw two interceptions. Uh, he was still a little bit raw, but, man, you could see the athleticism, his arm – and it just kind of, honestly, God just took off from then. I mean, it was Justin Fields, and then eventually chased Trevor Lawrence down in the rankings.
1: Yeah, I just checked it out for you. You're right. Justin Fields' junior year, they beat Rome. Uh, he yep. threw 213 yep. yards for two touchdowns and rushed yeah. 134 times for another one. When he yeah, committed, sure. to, when he could, by the time he committed to Penn State, he mm-hmm. was a four star. Of yes. course, you know he was about to blow up even further that spring. Sure. Walk mm-hmm. me through that because now you've got. The whispers started coming. I feel like in March yeah. you got a Penn State yeah. commit, but everyone else is about to be real interested.
2: Yeah, you know, and and um, playing for Cam, you know that that seven on seven team. There's two two teams here in Georgia: Hustle Inc. and Cam. And
1: he was on Cam Newton seven on seventeen. He's on
2: Cam Newton seventeen. By the way, he had Jaden Hazelwood and George Pickens as his wide receivers. So those were two pretty good juniors that were playing with him. Uh, and and you know, watching him play, I was like, man, he just got more polished as the year went on. And by the time may rolls around Uh, i sent you a tweet yesterday we went to the cam newton uh, memorial day classic on a monday at shiloh high school Uh, so that was in 2017 may and that day i called barton never forget calling barton I said barton i don't know that he's number one but i damn sure tell you this is number two player in the country i mean this this was freaky what we saw today and Um, You know, Barton had already been sky high on him, and then you know a month later he comes out and does his deal at the opening. But for me, uh, watching him at the end of May of his junior year, uh, the the act of his going into his senior year, um, he he was he was special, and and the the throwing part of him had been polished up, and he was ready to rock, and he was ready to be you know Justin Fields.
1: When he was at the opening, it was he was perfect. It was the oh, best yeah. opening performance anyone's ever seen. And sure. up in Oregon, he sort of had a, a a Beatles-like mania surrounding him. He had just decommitted, and everyone wanted to know where he was yeah. going. When he first decommitted, yeah. where did you think he was going to end up? Because there was a lot of Florida State buzz.
2: You know, the team that I and, – and, and everybody's going to run it in a thousand different directions with this. The team I thought he was going to go was to Auburn, and not because he played for Cam Newton's team. I just kind of felt that was a fit for him. Uh the more I got to know Justin, the more I realized how big of a Georgia Bulldog fan he was. I mean, he wasn't a fan. He was going to games his whole life. His dad sent me a picture, I believe it was a two thousand eight or nine, something like that, citrus bowl. And you see a little Justin with a with a Matthew Stafford jersey on and the bleachers, that's how big a fan he was. Um and I knew that at that point, that Georgia was definitely in it, Florida was in it, Auburn was in that thing, Florida State was in it for a while. Uh, I just knew that the more times Georgia could get him up there, uh, and the more times that I talked with him as it got closer, you know, obviously we know we had a commitment video prepared, um, you know, based from his family. I helped uh, get the office involved, and didn't matter what school, just wherever he went, we were going to be able to do a commitment video. We didn't know he was going to have a pep rally with helicopters that day. That's another whole story. But, um, you know, he was just a big Georgia fan. But I really thought Auburn, the initial initial day it happened, I kind of thought Auburn.
1: Good deal, Rusty. I'm pretty sure one day they will do a 30 for 30 on these C quarterbacks growing up, and you will be featured prominently. We're going to take a quick break and then loop in Penn State reporter Sean Fitz of Lions 24-7. I'm going to talk to Sean about how Justin Fields' Penn State commitment went down, how his decommitment went down, and whether he thinks there are any hard feelings.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: We're back, and before I get to Sean, um, next week for Thanksgiving, we are hoping to air on the podcast some comments from listeners about things they're thankful for. So if there is a college football thing for which you would like to express thanks, call 312-789-5647 and leave us a voicemail. So in December of 2016, Justin Fields commits to Penn State, giving the Nittany Lions what was in the number one class in that 2018 cycle. Remember, Micah Parsons was in that class would decommit, rejoin a little bit later. So, so Sean, tell me about uh, Penn State's discovery or evaluation of Just, Justin Fields and then its subsequent pursuit of him.
3: Yeah, the, the evaluation was key. They got him in camp. They offered him actually the same day as they offered Quincy Patterson, who ended up at Virginia Tech, Um, So, I mean, he was a three-star at that point. His junior film is really where everything turned around. He was a four-star by the time he committed to Penn State. But uh, Penn State gave themselves a head start over everyone else. So um, just a a tremendously talented kid. Didn't have a ton of film at that point. So I think that's why he kind of crept under the radar heading into his junior season. But Penn State built a a good rapport with him. Of course, Joe Moorhead was back, uh, you know, was the offensive coordinator at that point. He was a big Moorhead fan. Um, so I mean it was really just a, a case of Penn State really identified him before anyone else and then he went out and had a monster junior season actually committed to Penn State on a visit in November and then ended up uh, announcing in December. So it kind of took he uh, just got got a little bit of momentum before everyone else. I don't know if they, they knew he would be that good but they were really really high on him and the first couple of weeks into his junior season it was easy to see why.
1: So Justin was a three star when you first started talking to him. So I'm guessing he was a pretty easy guy to get on the phone and then maybe once he commits his profile starts to rise other schools during the fold probably a little bit tougher to get a hold of him
3: you know what he was offered and it was it was he was he was really open to talking to people um you know he kind of had a chip on his shoulder about that uh, at that point I mean I, I he would send me his game clips every week um I would forward them to Steve Steve was a big fan of him as well and I was Steve like Man, we gotta bump this kid up His kid's yeah Steve Wilfong uh, this kid's phenomenal. I mean, he's just everything that you saw on him was, you know, he was making plays with his arms and his legs. And basically, everything you see now, he was doing as a junior in high school. And, you know, he had that chip on his shoulder. He was a three star. We bumped him to a four star. We eventually kept getting data on him and and, and seeing more film and just everything. And just by the time that that, that next spring rolled around, when he was still committed to Penn state, but of course looking around other schools down there needed uh, quarterbacks. And, um, you know, it was just a, it was just a meteoric rise and he just, you know, he, he did, he, he was very accessible. He's always been very accessible. Um, especially since, you know, as Penn state, we got in with him early, a lot of guys at 24 seven sports knew him and he's always been very uh, approachable. Uh, never really got the sense that, you know, he was above anybody or anything like that. So, um, throughout the process, he was, he was great to work with. Um, of course, when, when these other schools start calling you and, and you get close to maybe backing out of your first commitment, things get a little bit dicey there, but still, that's just part of the game. So he was always approachable. He always wanted more. He always was talking about just eventually being a four-star, and of course, he went and eclipsed that and went to the next level and eventually was a five-star.
1: Tell me when, over the course of that spring, it became clear to you that Penn State was going to be challenged to hold on to Justin.
3: Well, I mean, you look at the teams that offered him and it was just one after the other. I mean, after that uh, wonderful junior season, of course, Georgia was around Florida state was a big one. Florida was one that you were looking at. So, I mean, there was just so many big names in there that you couldn't, you couldn't deny it really. And Penn state got him up for a visit for uh, the spring game in 2017, I believe just didn't have that same vibe that, that he once had. You knew he was going to, uh, you know, look at things and Penn state not big is not a big fan of. Their guys going out and visiting other places. I think the the Fields family knew that they wanted to look around. They wanted to explore their options. And after that visit uh, for the spring game, things kind of opened up. So it was kind of moving in that direction the entire time. You thought with Joe Moorhead still there, you'd have a shot. You thought, you know, you had a great relationship with James Franklin as well. So you you thought Penn State had some things going for it. But being as far away as they were from Georgia. Uh, with those schools just kind of lining up for you, making them making them a priority. and uh, you know, it, it was funny because you always, you know, you eventually compared him to Trevor Lawrence. but you know, Clemson was a school that he was high on uh, personally. It never really came about because of Trevor Lawrence. So um, there was just so many things working in this way. And by the spring of the next year, you were just kind of like, all right, Penn State might hold on this kid, but it's probably just not going to happen. There's a lot of logic involved there. and, and eventually it did not.
1: This question might confuse some of the listeners because they would look at Jake Fromm as an established Georgia quarterback. But at the time that Justin Fields ended up signing with Georgia, Jake Fromm was still a a true freshman who had a sort of shaky grip on the job. Meanwhile, Trace McSorley had established himself as a superstar and was rising into his senior year. Do you think Justin Fields and Justin Fields' family looked at that depth chart at Penn State and realize that their path to playing time was not immediate. And do you think that's maybe why he decommitted?
3: I think that's fair. I mean, I think Penn State had told him kind of the same thing that a lot of other places had told him, especially with, with incumbent starters in place. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you look at Trace McSorley and what he did as, as as a college player at Penn State, and it's logical to think that, you know, nobody was going to unseat him. And I don't think really, uh, Penn state or James Franklin had the reputation where you would expect them to take a three-year starter and, you know, send him to the bench for just a freshman. So uh, I, I think that's fair. I don't know that that's the biggest, um, uh, biggest factor in him backing out of his commitment or anything like that. But I do think that they, they didn't offer, you know, they didn't offer him the opportunity to be a full-time guy right away. I think it was pretty obvious why.
1: Obviously, there was already bad blood between Penn State and Ohio State. Big Ten East rivals have a history, especially the last few years, of playing in close games. Do you anticipate, given Fields' prior commitment to Penn State, that there's a little bit of extra bad blood this week? And maybe Micah Parsons uh, has a message or two for him.
3: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's got a message for him. I'm sure he'll have a few messages for him during the game. That's kind of the way that he rolls. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know that there's any extra incentive there. Um, you know, it's, it, it is a storyline that I think will probably be played up a little more than, than we expect it to be, or, you know, th- than it would be a factor throughout the week. But, uh, really, I mean, I, I, it's just a guy going out playing against another guy. And I think that's really the, the thing to go back to now, you know, w- w- will James Franklin meet him before the game and talk to him a little bit? I, I don't, I don't really think that that's going to that come all that uh, or come up all that much, but. Um, you know, there there were guys in this class and that uh, in, in that that whole cycle, we mentioned that spring game visit. Penn State had a bunch of its class there and turned into be a really, really, really good class. Um, could have, you know, of course, taken the next step with a with a uh, quarterback like that. They end up getting Will Levis to replace him, who's the backup right now. But I mean, it's it's just uh, yeah, I, I'm sure there's some hard feelings, but I don't think it's enough to turn this into an inspiring story that Penn State wants to rally against its former quarterback commit and all that kind of stuff. I think that a lot of that stuff is overstated. I'm sure there's a a few hard feelings on the Penn State side, but I, I just don't buy into that whole
1: thing. Awesome, Sean. Good stuff. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me on. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, we ask that you do one thing this week to help spread the word about the show. I would like for you to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, and I would also like for you to leave us a Thanksgiving voicemail. For Connor Tapp and for our producer, Tony Levitt, I'm Trey Scott, and we'll see you on Thursday.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.